Characters are so lovable. You know, you really root for these characters, especially Doc, especially Marty, obviously. And just, I think I was at the exactly the perfect age for this film sure. when it came out, and the first one. And then being a little bit older when the second one came out, so you sort of had this knowing wink with the filmmakers that you were kind of following, you understood it, and you thought, I bet hardly anyone else in the cinema is getting this. Whereas, <laughs> of course, they were. But it's, it's one of those ones that you really kind of invest yourself in because you know the characters. Hello, welcome to Flix Watcher. Joining us in our studio today, we have David. Hello. Sam. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Hello. And we are here to review Back to the Future, part two. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter. At FlixWatcherPod. And on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello and welcome to this episode of FlixWatcher podcast. In our studio today we have David and Sam. If you would like to introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell them about the work you do please. Hello my name is David Litchfield and I'm an illustrator. Um, I work mainly in children's books making picture books uh, as well as making uh, or drawing book covers for other authors, etc. So you actually author your own books as well? I do. I, I've written... So my fourth author illustrator book actually came out today. It came out in... Oh, nice. So it's in the shops today. It's called Lights on Cotton Rock. So as we record this... Um if you're hearing if you're hearing this, you can buy it now. Basically, it you absolutely when we can this. buy it yeah. now. Yeah, so I've got I've got four books out in the shop that I've written myself, but I've also illustrated for a number of different authors. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's one of the best jobs in the world. I absolutely love it. I love making books for children. How do how do people get into kids' books? I think I think that's a question that you must have asked um, lots of times. So I mean, you, you know, drawing is something that I've always loved doing yeah. ever since I was as you know as young as I can remember. Um, and I, I, I don't know really, there's, there's so many routes into it. Um, you know, I, I used to just sort of draw pictures and then post them online and they got a lot of interest. So I got, I got some work with, uh, the Beano comic. Nice. Um, so that was one of my first professional. That must have been really cool. Were you oh, it's of the amazing. Beano? Yeah. Oh, I loved the Beano when yeah. I was little. So yeah. Um, which, get, which characters did you draw? I drew Dennis the Menace on a, on a it wasn't any strips. I didn't sure. make any, uh, it was a one-off, um, or every, every once in a while I'd draw sort of one-off pages. Um, but yeah, no, I drew all of them. And in the B-Note offices on um, Fleet Street, I actually got to draw all the characters. So in their offices, you've got a big, there's a big painting that I did in the kind really? of Lowry nice. style. Yeah. Fast Street Kids. Yeah, they're all in it. So um, Beryl the Peril. Yeah. You know, all these great characters. What was the fast one called? The fast one. There's a fast one in the... Like, no was idea. it a um, an ostrich? Yeah, with Billy Wiz. Billy Wiz. Yeah. I don't know if that was out of the Beano. Was it? Dandy? Oh no, of course it was. That yeah. was the Beano. Yeah, yeah, the guy with the yeah, absolutely before my time. Was it? Okay, sorry, it shows my age. Uh, um, so yeah, I, you know, it's just about kind of working hard. You know, just putting all your effort into it. You know, I'd, I'd spend hours and hours, days and days, trying to make my portfolio look as good as possible, and 
but also just love it. Love what you do and, you know, making your own art. And then I used to put it up on Twitter and that's kind of how I got, got noticed. So. Um, who are you, Gator? Hi, I'm Sam Gilby. I'm also an illustrator, uh, although most of my stuff is is more on the pop culture side. So I actually, I really love to make movie posters. You say that almost apologetically. Yeah. Do I? I? Yeah. Sorry, I I do posters for, for Marvel cool and yeah. <laughs> do commissions and, and yeah, do, get involved I've in done, like, of reimagining like, posters. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, well, it's Star always Wars. oh, it's a, well, fuck yeah, my life. Such a loser. <laughs> <laughs> It's totally always been my dream. So I guess part of it is like, maybe I can't believe I'm saying it out loud, yeah, actually. Sure. Because you feel like a bit like, oh, it's actually kind of happening. Uh, no, but I, I've always, um, I've been drawing my whole life as well. And always just, it was like the excitement that I felt going to the cinema or reading a comic. I always wanted to kind of channel that into my artwork. And really, I've just kind of kept doing that and kept it going. So um, it's... Um, I'm very fortunate to these days I've done some licensed posters for some of the, my favorite movies like Back to the Future, Alien, uh, Die Hard and yeah. some other classics and yeah hopefully I'll get to make some more and kind of keep it going but excellent yeah with you both being illustrators do you how do you sort of deal with people um borrowing things that you've done or do you do you ever find your images end up places where you haven't been credited for or things yeah. like that or are you yeah, that's a good, uh, certainly with things like Instagram, you know, you, you'll occasionally, you might follow a hashtag or something that someone's ended up sharing your work yeah. and then you kind of see it. But I feel like I used to worry about that, like think about, oh, I should watermark everything. And I kind of go, go phases between I, I put a signature or watermark on stuff, but then it just gets out there anyway. Mm. And I got in, in another way, conversely, it's like anything you've ever done is out there forever. Yeah. So things that you're less proud of say yeah. that from, from no i've had like work appear on t-shirts and things without my say so and you know it's just it's one of those things that unfortunately does come with the modern age you know we need to promote ourselves we need to get ourselves out there but there's a massive risk that mm. doing yeah. that well, you will get in fact i've got a good good one was i was at manchester comic con a few weeks ago a guy came up to my table wearing some unofficial no. so wearing my own artwork <laughs> wow. on his t-shirt and I was like I never got that made into a t-shirt <laughs> amazing uh, and I actually had a nice chat with him and mm. initially he was a bit like oh I'm really sorry he'd actually just made it himself oh, okay. yeah. so he, there was no master this yeah. mass, yeah. don't be no mine was yeah, taken and put on a like a really reputable website that okay. sells clothes was and it Nike I, I, probably, <laughs> I don't know I should say but it's one that lots of people would have heard of sure um yeah. And, yeah, they yeah. were very naughty. And with the movie poster stuff, basically there's all these companies who literally take the JPEG, they'd run a Facebook ad where the page is up for a few days. They say, get this limited edition poster. And it's just like, a, they've just stretched the JPEG up to poster size. You know, never credit the artist. And like what happens is you get tagged in the advertisement because wow. of your interests mm. are overlapping with what they're marketing to. So then it's like, oh, great, thanks. And what can you do? You could like either hire a lawyer, mm. but you could literally spend all day yeah, doing trying that Yeah, trying to stuff. fight that fight those fires yeah um so we're here today talking about back to the future 2 which is your choice david yes so can you tell us uh, why you chose it and give us a two minute synopsis uh, i chose it because i just love it i mm -hmm. think it's a great film uh, i think it's a great trilogy of films and i just thought it was an interesting one to talk about really um so quick synopsis so it picks up immediately after back to the future one where um doc and marty mcfly have to go to the future and jennifer and jennifer, jennifer absolutely yeah. how can i forget jennifer they have to travel to the future because doc 
has informed Marty that there's a problem with his kids <laughs> and um, uh, they need to go and sort the kids out. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd's come in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Episode. yeah, thanks, Christopher. That's good, man. <laughs> go home. We didn't invite oh, you. <laughs> stealing my thunder, Christopher Lloyd. Um, so they do. They go to the future. They quite quickly sort out the problem with his with his kids. Yeah. But in the course of doing this, Marty is very naughty and he buys a, um, a sports almanac uh, year uh, magazine which has all the sporting results f- from the last 50 years so he thinks I'm going to make some money out of this so he takes that back to 1985 the future they go to is ni- is 2015 mm-hmm. um, uh, and then they go back to 1985 only to realise that um, 1985 is all messed up and uh, Biff the uh, bully from the first film uh, has kind of made, he's, he's now a multi-billionaire and has taken over Hill Valley um, and turned it into like this gambling kind of mecca and it's, uh, uh, crime is on is, is a yeah. huge problem and there's criminals running around everywhere. Anyway, so they then have to go back to 1950, because, uh, sorry, I missed the bit out. So, we, don't need to, we don't need to go that deep okay. into it. We'll, we'll be talking about the film. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, Helen, what are your thoughts on Back to the Future 2? We've, already talked about Back to the Future 1 in the previous episode. Okay. Quite recently. Yeah. Um, so I have not previously seen Back to the Future 2. Whoa. What? Whoa. So this is the first Whoa. time... What? I had you previously seen... seen number one? Yeah, but okay. I hadn't seen it as much as a child. I okay. have mainly mm. seen that through Secret Cinema. Um, I had quite a few issues with Back <laughs> to the Future 2. <laughs> mm. um, so... I found this quite confusing film. Um, uh, they go to the future and then they go back to where they come from and then they go back to the future in the original film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't enjoy that as much and I, I thought it was it was a bit overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. And if I'd have been the kid watching this, then I probably would have been like, I don't really understand it. Um, also... Jennifer is not Jennifer. Jennifer is a different Jennifer. Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, Elizabeth Shue, um, which, and then she's kind of in it for a bit and then she gets knocked out and then she's kind of not in it. So it's a bit like, well, why was she there to be knocked out and she's not the character Mm. she was, the the first actress. So that was confusing. There's no George McFly in this one because Crispin Glover wanted too much money so he didn't come back in that which is a real shame because the thing one of the things i really liked about back to the future one was george and biff in this is really 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 horrible i mean he's horrible griff, anyway griff yeah griff biff so griff's the younger one yeah what do you mean biff was the one, as, as the, the one, as a trumpian character yeah the trumpian character sure is really really horrible yeah and it didn't really sit that well this time round, and um, and things like the fake boobs, which obviously are meant for a laugh, were just a bit uncomfortable. And Doc's catchphrases, I think, were overused in this one. Um, Elijah Woods in it, yeah. very early role. <laughs> yeah. And there's also a really really creepy Michael Jackson thing in the future, which I found even creepier this time round. So I I find it mostly confusing and a bit odd, and I I was yeah. I was I was like oh, so what's going okay. on there? Yeah. yeah, so maybe I'm looking into it a little too much than you should do for a sequel. Well, I mean, I think this is this is the benefit and disbenefit of maybe having uh, 
seen it older with older eyes, not seen it as a kid mm. um, when he came out. But it's still, I think there are some things that are more problematic with this one than there are with the first one. Yeah. Certainly, uh, David. What were, uh, sorry, Sam. What were your thoughts on it? Well, it's, I mean, it's a film I've definitely seen a fair few times, although not as many as the original. Mm. And so it's the one in my mind, you know, because a few years ago it was obviously actually 2015 and we had the whole, uh, you know, all the, the anniversary of that. And um, and oh, now we're at the future's the past and all that mm. stuff. And the place I was working, I formed memories of that time because they, they brought a DeLorean to work. Yeah. Wow. And I got to sit in one, so that was very exciting. But anyway, <laughs> back to the real Martin McFly. Uh, it, was, it was just, um, it's, I definitely feel it's not aged as well as the original. That's the first one you mean, not the original, not the original Bad Uh Well, yeah, the f- part one. Yeah. Um, and it's, there's some problematic scenes, as you say, like, and it, fe- it feels like it's kind of hampered by the fact that um, Chris Pitton, Glover and... That's a shoe. Well, uh, Jennifer. Jennifer couldn't come back. Um, apparently her mother was ill at the time. Mm. I, I can't remember the actress's name at the moment. Um, but yeah, so it just it's just hampered by all these like then there's like creative decisions that I feel like they've done for, because of that and they're trying to maintain a continuity and there's just so many moments in it like I, so actually I think the 1955 stuff when they finally go back to like the scenes of the first film that's actually best the, the final act is is good and whilst the, like the hoverboard stuff is cool like it's kind of strange they go to the 80s cafe which is meant to be presumably that's the place that all the people who can't deal with the present go back to this nostalgic cafe, but that's actually where you still have, like, there's no human server. Mm. And there's, like, this weird Ronald Reagan thing and, and Michael Jackson and, Michael Jackson and, and stuff. Um, and Ayatollah Khomeini as well, I think, is one of the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> start fighting. So that's not all that nostalgic in a way, like, because um, that would freak anyone out. Um, he wanted to get back to what the 80s were like. But, yeah, and obviously there's some really cool production design, but also it feels like they really went for... They went for, like, a positive look at it, but then it's also now feels it's quite goofy as well. It's it's positive bordering on like the gang costumes and stuff. They're so over the top, right? mm-hmm. and you know it's fun. But it's also uh, the first film feels, despite all the time travel themes, it, it feels very grounded. Mm. And this just feels much more of a silly. And I think part of that comes from you know, like so you have Crispin Glover playing um, playing Marty's dad, so. It kind of doesn't make sense that Michael J. Fox plays his own son. Yeah, and I, for me, like that. Even though this, that's quite fun. The first moments you see him as himself, like kind of acting more of a, a loser. It also, I feel like I'd rather see just another cool young kid who you could believe was was his son. But then and, that's still that's part of the plot point is that he looks exactly like him, and that's why they can do it. Yeah. But I'm sure they would have come up with a different way to save his son otherwise. But he, he also plays his daughter as yeah. well, the which is really, part. really, really this weird. This part, I totally agree with all of you on, because <laughs> that is freaky. Like, his son I can live with, because yeah. like you say, it's sort of, you know, that's part of the plot where it's like, you look exactly like your son, so you've got to pretend to be your son. The daughter is just weird because he's also got a kind of stubble and stuff and it's all a bit weird. It reminded me, this sounds, this is probably way kind of a weird thing to remember, but do you remember the W.H. Smith's adverts with <laughs> Nicholas Lindhurst from Only Fools and Horses where he played all the family? Yes. Yeah. It reminds me of that and that was weird. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I, I feel that I need to defend... The film sure, sure. <laughs> as well, though, because um, I don't know, really. I totally get the, how, the you know, there are problems with it. And 
how it looks now is is dodgy and there's you know certain you know some of the issues it tries to raise in the corrupt 1985 version yeah you know they don't stand up with our scrutiny of today um but i guess there is something about watching it when you're young you know i i watched it god when it came out so i was what 10 nine or, or so um did you see in the cinema yeah, I saw it again. I can really remember where I saw this one. I saw this in Butlins, nice in Skegness. <laughs> I've, been to, I've been to Skegness Butlins. I, the cinema was awesome then. No, I didn't get to go. To, it was, oh, okay. I just thought it was the worst. I hated that. I well, hated those holidays when it went to. Well, obviously yeah. they're not great holidays, but, but uh, Butlins but the, and Bognor Regis sounds yeah. great. <laughs> but the great thing about that holiday was the cinema was free. It was like part of your ticket, I guess. So we went to the cinema every single night nice. for that holiday. So it was, I saw some great films of that era. Um, and Back to the Future 2 was absolutely one of them and I absolutely loved it I'd seen you know I was a big fan of the first film had it on video and everything Rewatched it over and over again and just absolutely loved pretty much all the things that you didn't like about it I, <laughs> I absolutely love the fact that it was kind of revisiting the first film mm -hmm. that they got to meet their older selves yeah. and all those kind of stuff that I can totally get would be confusing and probably was confusing um I loved it. I loved the fact that you had to really kind of concentrate on this film. And I felt so clever as a 10-year-old or 9-year-old <laughs> that I was actually it. getting it yeah. and I was like following it. But And and to be honest, it was quite a brave kind of move for, for a blockbuster film to have such a kind of unusual, twisting, kind of mind-bending plot. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of verging on, you know... It's almost like an art house kind of plot in a way. It's like Legetti or something. It's like, it's like they're revisiting their past to kind of confront their future. And it's like, wow, if I really wanted to read into this, I could get some you know dark <laughs> themes into this. But but yeah, I, I loved every every minute of it, and I still do. And I actually watched it the whole trilogy with my with my six year old son, mm. and he loved he loved loved all of it. And uh, yeah, I, I remember watching the second one thinking he's not gonna follow this he's not going to get this and you know part of it i had to explain i had to kind of i, I actually had to draw him a diagram um about you know how it all kind of meets up but he kind of got there but but again you know and it's kind of the same with me watching it when i was nine i guess you just as long as you're kind of getting the general gist of it you can you can go for it you can you know you can you can enjoy I, it i think i think this is almost like a, a cartoon type yes. film isn't it yeah um as a kid you kind of i just us just like hoverboards. Yes. Wow, future. Wow. Yeah. Griff's got yes. this like hoverboard with like, air, with air jets, and oh, they have to go to a different future where yeah. like Strickland's got a gun and yeah. like everything's gone mental. Wow. Okay. So his mum's not his mum and his dad's okay. Wow. Yeah. But you don't. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure I was able to follow the storyline. But when when I was a kid, and I was just like, cool thing, cool thing, cool yeah. thing. Other things going on. Absolutely. Um, and um, but it's, it's only on rewatch. I think this is the first time I've seen it since. It's been 2015 mm. that, and maybe the first time I've seen it as a, a, a more of an adult. That mm. that's the that's the only time those kind of thoughts come into my yeah. mind. Apart from apart from the fact that I don't think the special effects work as well as the sure. first one do. Mm. No. Don't hold up as well as the first one. Um, I still I still really I still really do enjoy it. Um, I but think that I think the things like with Crispin Glover, the main thing about that for me, that which is a problem, is that. Um, well, it would have been cool to see him properly, and I would have liked to see the storyline with them two playing off. So that, that was a cool part of the first one, which we mm. didn't see. Yeah. But the the dark part about that is that they just got a, a look light to, put, to yeah. play him in those yeah. kind of scenes, and, and then Chris McGlynn like like 
sued them for, for likeness things, which is something they've done in the past with other films. Yeah. They just kind of brought someone else who kind of looks like the character. Like, but them. that's just I like, think it, but I think, it changed. I think the, they, they changed the law, Superman right? Didn't three it? or something like that. Superman okay. two or three, I think. Um, right. Who's who played Lex Luthor? Oh no, it wasn't Superman's dad. Or it? it was Lex Luthor. Marlon Brando. Oh, Marlon Brando. So, um, so it was who? Oh God, no, Lex Luthor. What's Lex Luthor? Oh, Gene Hackman. Gene, Gene Hackman. I think Gene Hackman like pulled out Superman. Yeah, and, just, and then they replaced. Like, did, but he's not playing the same. He's not playing Lex Luthor, is he? The guy who's in Number Three. No, no, he's I'm, playing a similar kind he's of sort of a. No, but they, I think I think he pulled out a part way through Superman Two, and right. they just replaced him with like okay. a lookalike. Uh, but that's kind of, scenes. kind of just filmmaking, it though, is, right? That, that's, and that's, that, that's the only thing I can take against mm. that. With uh, Elizabeth Shue, like you say, her, um, the original Jennifer, which we should know, which is quite bad, her mum was ill, so she just literally couldn't do it. And yeah. the fact that the other film finished with them flying off in the car together, that yeah. meant they had to Reshoot carry on with that. Mm. But I, I think they could have put her into the story a bit more. A little bit, yeah. I it's a bit like they sort of had that ending yeah. and they had to bring her along because they've already filmed that ending five years ago or four years ago whatever yeah. and then they would suddenly realise oh actually we don't have much to do with this character we'll, yeah. just we'll put, put her in the alley yeah we'll knock her out I mean and that's just in- weird and then the police find her and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and then okay she, we'll just take her home then she spends the rest of the film um, on her porch which is um, a bit odd yeah. as well yeah because that bit with her going home was quite cool but yeah. I think if they'd there could have been more of a story with that, that. Yeah. yeah I think that also the thing the main disappointment, I think, for me is that I just didn't find this as much fun. And right. the bits that were kind of like the fun bits, they'd kind of already done in the first one. So it was them repeating the, the, yeah. the good bits, which sure. I just thought was a what, little bit disappointing. You said the, you found the, the Biff character troubling. But I think he, he I forget he, how dark it is that. I think he becomes more troubling yeah, in this now one. that it, the age we're in, mm. now we're in the Trump era. And that kind of thing is apparent. It's, it's mm. like they've predicted that. Mm. It's, it's, you know, the rise of Trump is the rise of. I mean, I'm guessing they did base it on Donald Trump, right? Because in the 80s and 90s, he was this big figure. I'm not sure, but. Figure. I remember when, when mm. I did watch it as a kid, I never really used to like that section yeah. because I just it just felt a bit too, like. He's evil. Intense. You know, yeah, and also, he's visiting his graveyard and. He kills his dad, man. He's an yeah. evil guy, really. And in the. When they go to the 80s, he is like, oh, you're, you're going to be my wife. And he's really yeah. like handsy. Yeah. And, yeah. And horrible yeah. men. And, it, and he's, he's, yeah, he's, got, and he's got mistresses as well. Yeah. That. The two girls in the bath yeah. and stuff. And yeah, that's it. And then you're going back and then, yeah, he's got his way and oh, mm. it's it's, it's but that, hard maybe to watch it now. It's really hard because I mean, of were, Trump yeah. and, you know. But for me, that film is, it's not better than the first one, but mm-hmm. it's the one that I think I've watched it more than the first one. Right. Um, because of... I really responded to the physical kind of action scenes a lot more. There seems to be more like action in the second one, like the the hoverboard uh, piece for me is far superior than the 50s skateboards yeah. um, scene. There's a bit in a tunnel. With yeah, the, the, bit, the bit at the end with the car, that's really dramatic mm. where he's like punching him and he's kind of trying to kill him in, in, in the tunnel. But I, I, I do remember actually watching it in Butlins and the, 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 the scene that I really remember is the bit where Marty McFly from the 50s yeah. goes through the door and whacks the other Marty McFly yeah. there. I... I howled with laughter in the cinema. Oh, really? I found that just because the physical <laughs> kind of the prattful element, I absolutely loved that. And I remember telling people, oh my God, there's this really funny bit where he gets knocked in the head, knocked out by his him, himself. And everyone was like, that wasn't that funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I really remember that. And then I watched it with my son 
And the same thing happened. He like burst out laughing when that bit happened. He just found that so funny. And I thought, oh, maybe that's just the literal. I mean, Michael J. Fox no, it, is a great, great guy, yeah. comedic, uh, physical really, actor. Yeah. Physical, absolutely. Uh, but the, I, I mean, that, I think that kind of bit was a bit most tedious for me because it kept to me like bits where it could end and go to the next yeah. bit, next kind of section of the story. But then it's like, Oh no! It's the ooh la la. It's the it's the porno magazine inside of there. Oh no! It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Knocked out. It's frustrating to it's watch because like, you're like, oh, just get it. Yeah, For goodness, yeah. just get. You know, we're gonna get it. So yeah, let's yeah. just go on with that. And for, this is shorter than the first film, but it felt it did actually feel a bit longer. Right. For me, um, mm. there's no, just distinct say, sections, yeah. isn't there? It's nice to. I like the fact that it goes back, but maybe it's not as fully explored. The idea of going through this sequence in a slightly different way. It's mm. quite exciting to see it from another angle, mm. literally. Yeah. Um, but you know it's that thing with time travel in this version it's almost like uh, multiplicity or yeah. you know so every time you go back there's a new version of yourself yeah. yes so you know it's like you can because you could always say well why not okay that's gone wrong just go back a minute before yeah, yeah. with a third yeah iteration uh, yeah. you know or, or, the, or you go like or you could do it where there's only ever one version of yourself so I quite like the idea of it being like a imagine if it was more like Groundhog Day mm. so it was more like if you go back again you've got to fix all the problems you did the first time yeah. and the new things that have now happened yeah. that, that could be quite fun so I mean it's interesting watching it after the recent Avengers mm. film as well where they kind of they use time travel they yeah, do use time travel careful with the spoilers oh yeah just as a well, yeah. the, the bit where Ant-Man says back to the future is bullshit because <laughs> 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 they you know you can was, see the was it Ant-Man it was, wasn't it uh, the Hulk I think it was Ant-Man. Because Ant-Man was trying to reference Back to the yeah, Future. Yeah, the Hulk was like talking about saying, so no, that's why that's wrong. He's like, I can't believe <laughs> oh, right, the yeah. future is bullshit. But, um, so that that perhaps leads into a question. There's a couple of questions related to this film. Time traveling film, guys, which which for you is kind of the the divining rod for... Oh, well, you... actually, when I watched Avengers, mm -hmm. and I mean, this might be a spoiler, actually, but where they sort of say, oh yeah, we're just going to go back in time. When I thought, I was like, oh, they can't just do that, surely. It's like, we've reached that point now. Where it's like time travel is like the easy option, but admittedly Avengers did it awesomely. So yeah, <laughs> we forgive them. But I don't know. Um, I, I'm just going to check. I, I love time travel films and I really love source code. Right. Mm, sure. Is that a time yeah, travel film or is it like a re... It's kind of it's time kind travel, of time travel yeah. Yeah. in that sense. And The Edge of Tomorrow as well. Yeah, because these, I mean, I, I don't know. What, well, have it as a time, I wouldn't class yeah. it as a time travel because it's, it's, it's a loop based, isn't it? Would, well, yeah, would, I would, would say. Um, Groundhog Day be a time travel film as well for you then? It kind yeah, of I guess is, so. I think so. Yeah. Even though it's like, he literally can't travel through time. Yeah. But he's that, traveling back every, every yeah, it's day. Just, I guess another loop. Yeah. yeah. But that, that's probably my, that's my favorite. Not Time Cop. I don't, I've never seen that. Oh, oh, I'm surprised I haven't oh, seen that. John Claude Van Damme, it's Time, awesome. Cop I in the Name. I that film. I loved it back <laughs> yeah. then. I'm sure, yeah. I, this for me is the defining, to, well, the Back to the Future trilogy. Mm. I mean, again, it's probably growing up watching the films. Like, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I, the Time Machine, the classic 1950s film I hadn't seen since I was a lot older. Yeah. You know, this was this was my introduction to time travel, I guess. Sounds good. Um, well, yeah, I just, I love this film, but I think it just, it's the whole thing. It, for me, it's the, the problem it's that it gets is having Michael J. Fox play all these different characters. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to come back to it, but like, because it missed, what's great about the first film is when he goes back and sees his dad as a young man. Mm. And then the power this could have had going into the future to see a son that he didn't know he was going to have mm. and suddenly see his own son as a teenager. That would have been powerful if it was another actor. But because the, the sort of the humor then comes from, oh, it's just Michael J. Fox. Yeah playing a dog do so. you think they because it seems like the the 
the cliffhanger that we leave in the first one is wrapped up really quickly. It's almost yeah. like they sort yeah, of thought, the okay, peril of their children yeah. doesn't really It's like maybe exist. they had another idea in mind mm. when they finished that film of what the second story would be and it would yeah. be involving Jennifer Moore and it would be, you know... Well, I think the, as, I, as far as I understood it, that was kind of just going to be like the ultimate cliffhanger. Yeah. And the, the studio really kind of went, they were doing the second we're going to make another film. Oh, really? Robert, do you want to be a part of it? Or, and he's like... Oh, I guess I'm going to have to be to make sure it's oh, I didn't in know any way, shape or form good. Which I just always really, assumed it would be made. Which is really interesting because at the end of the second one is the trailer for the third one built in. So yes. they'd already knew it was going to be two and three for that one. Films that presumably to yeah. promote at the, same, at the same, time. same time, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, to be honest, when I saw it in the cinema, I lost my shit. Yes, I was like, I knew there's <laughs> yes. another one coming soon yes. and it's uh, yeah. there's the date and right there. Glimpse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. And I, I like the way they still do it even in the DVD and video. Yeah. They still have that at the yeah, end. Yeah, even when it's like, on TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's like a trailer. <laughs> I there. have to say, the, the, end, the ending before that trailer <laughs> for me is, I just think it's, I think it's the perfect ending to a film. Or the guy in the in the rain. Well, yeah, where it's like they re- revisit the first film and then you think, okay, I know this scene and it's shot exactly the same and then you just have Marty running up. And, oh, right. Yeah, and it's like, we got to go back. <laughs> um, and he's like, I just sent you back. My Doc Brown is quite good. Yeah, it's yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've, yeah quite, just yeah. sing your own praises. Um, um, but I think that's a perfect ending. I, I, that makes me so happy, the ending. Mm. Um and then, yeah, to see the trailer afterwards, absolutely, I'm like you, when I saw that in the cinema, I was like, yes. <laughs> right, guys, let's head to the scores. Hello, I'm Sam Pay. And I'm Martin Zolt-Sorstwick. And we are the two hosts of a podcast called Song, Song by, by Song. Song where we listen every week to a track by the musical artist Tom Waits. Uh, You might know him for his gravelly voice. (coughs) Very nice. His appearance in films, but also his multi-decade spanning career uh, involving blues, jazz, and all sorts of other kinds of experimental music. So we're basically like a book club for Tom Waits. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, you can find us at songbysongpodcast.com or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to the patented, we haven't patented them yet, uh, <laughs> Flix Watcher scores. All of the scores are out of five. You may have decimal places. And we will start with you, David, with your recommendability, please. It's a tricky one because I think this only makes sense if you've seen the first one. In fact, what, I couldn't even imagine watching it <laughs> as a standalone film. It would be so confusing. Mm. So if you've seen the first one, I would absolutely recommend it. I'd give it a... I would give, give it a five because I just love it so much, but I totally understand the issues that have on it. Uh, people may have with it. Sam? Tricky one. When I watch all films like this, that in theory are kind of kids' films. Now, having kids, I'm watching these films again thinking, oh, is this the right time to show my kids? Like my boy's six. And watching this, I kind of had that in mind, oh, he's going to love the hoverboard. But then some of the stuff that comes later is like, no, no way. It's like in the, in the ways that it's problematic. So it would depend. I mean, if you've seen the original, you kind of, you have to, you've got to see parts two and three, but now it's almost as a curio of mm-hmm. like, I, I just don't think they're anywhere as good. I'm going to go for a 3.5. Uh, Helen? Um, I'm going to go for a three, just because... Compared to Back to the Future, mm-hmm. this is rubbish. <laughs> it really doesn't, it, it just doesn't have, like the, the relationship between Marty and Doc with, with the first one, um, 
the, the whole thing obviously Doc gets shot at the start the, there's no thing there's no kind of element of that and their relationship doesn't really grow and it doesn't have that kind of like really nice warm feeling that you get from the first one I just don't think this has anywhere near as much heart um, even from like all the product placement at the start it just feels that it was something that was done for the sake of it to kind of make money because it had been such a big hit and sequels were the thing of the 80s and it just doesn't really have all of the things that I think makes Back to the Future what it is so you're going for three Yes. Um, I'm going to go for a 4.8. Because um, if you've seen the first one, you're going to have to see the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and also be interesting to hear what people say. It's in, I'm super surprised that you've seen the first one. Did you see the first one as a kid? Not 100% sure when right. I first saw it. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like a, a defining film of my childhood. And when we're talking to yourself, Sam, um, when you say yourself, like, your kid is six years old. Um, there's so many films I should never have seen at, yeah. at that kind of age. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and would, I wouldn't want to say you've been overcautious, but I mean, certainly I watched like Robocop at seven, yeah. which should that happen? Um, yeah. So it'd be, it would be interesting well, to see when you, whether you decide that it's it's kind of right. Well, you know? I think like the first one, I feel like that would basically work. You yeah. know? Um, it's just, just the some scenes in the second one, where, especially where, you know, Biff's gone super dark. Mm. And it just it just seems so kind of over the top, but it you know you can add as an adult or a teenager you understand it as being a heightened kind of reality to, to enhance the idea that mm. everything's gone wrong. Mm. But I don't know as a, a six year old. But I mean, I saw the original. I remember seeing it at a friend's birthday party at their house on VHS. I must have been about eight, <laughs> and it's the first time I'd ever had KFC. <laughs> so it's kind of like the seminal moment. Wow. This nexus of everything. Yeah, like, American <laughs> things are amazing. <laughs> Um, and um, and I think what I do love about the second one though and the third is maybe the, the script's not as good but Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd they still have good chemistry together and I think that's what carries it through for me I still want to see them you know doing their playing fun stuff other. playing off each other yeah yeah so uh, 4.8 I think um, it's not as good as the first one but I think if you watch the first one you have to I'm, I'm super surprised you haven't watched the second one just to even round it out um, I'm a huge fan of this as a, I think it's still a great trilogy as a whole and I think the second typically the second trilogy does go a bit darker um, it does follow the Star Wars yeah. thing doesn't it it's like the sure. second one is dark and then the third one's kind of, yeah. not nowhere near as good as the first two <laughs> <laughs> um, okay repeat viewing score David uh, absolutely it has um, I absolutely think this deserves a lot of repeat viewing. Um, again, you know, it's it's one of those films that maybe the first time following it is is quite tricky. So that in itself sort of owes itself to repeat, repeat viewing. Um, I, I think I think it's more of a love for those characters than the actual story. Story, or maybe the, even the quality of the film overall. It's like, you, you know, that's why I loved it so much as a, as a child is because I absolutely love those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved being baffled by the storyline. So yeah, I, I, I will watch that film over and over again. So as a score, uh, five, five again. Uh, Sam, I'm gonna say, for me, this is another three point five. Like I'm definitely gonna watch it again. But now what I find is like, it's almost, to me, it's like any movie, it's kind of amazing that it got made at all. Mm -hmm. So it's actually, even though, you know, clearly I've just spent like 40 minutes slagging it off. (laughs) uh, But, it's you know, it's not my favourite, but it's 
it's still made like the choices they made are still really interesting mm. like wh why did they you know design these costumes have all these elements you know get the characters to come back and so it's still it's still a lot of fun but it's almost enjoyable like a step removed right i would say i'm not as fully immersed in it but i can appreciate it from a just this is a really interesting series helen i've always said back to the future was not one of my childhood films whereas like et definitely um labyrinth definitely um even though that yeah. obviously uh <laughs> watch now is a very different film um yeah this just i i've seen it now and I, I don't feel the need to go back with that so a one please um a one i think yeah i'll be, I'll be watching this again um but i think i'll be quite happy to watch maybe the first one in isolation and then kind of leave it there for a bit whereas with um something like the terminator for example i'd be like terminator one yeah let's go let's put on terminator two aliens Sorry, Alien. Yeah, let's put Aliens 2 on. But um, what's Back to the Future 1? Um, maybe not. Maybe not today. But maybe. But if I do do it, I probably want to watch the whole trilogy as, as a wanner. Like sit down with, with some KFC yeah. um, and like do it as a wanner. <laughs> but I don't think I'd... I wouldn't have that compulsion, I don't think, necessarily to go straight into this afterwards. Um, so that's going to be a 2.5, I think, there. Uh, small screen score. They, uh, David. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's pretty good on the small. I mean, it's all it's on a lot on the TV. Mm -hmm. um, it seems to work quite well. Like I, the first time I watched it was in the cinema, but every time since then has been on TV. Um, I think it's it's a good one to watch at home because you do. I don't know. You can just you know rewind the bits that you maybe don't understand. Yeah. Um, and can rewatch you know the bits that that you maybe struggled with on the first time. So I would give it a, f a four. Four. Well, I've never seen it on the big screen. Mm -hmm. I would love to. I would I would be interested to know if like like some of the compositing effects maybe wouldn't hold it so well on the big screen. But I would absolutely love to like this again, like um Marty and, and the doc, like their kind of relationship carries you through. Also the score is still amazing. Like Alan Silvestri's themes, just those opening notes that kind of Yeah the the xylophone whatever it is um that immediately gets you into that world again so i'd love to hear that on a big screen um but a small screen you can watch it over and over and uh, it's still it's still fun so i'm gonna go for a three back in the middle helen uh i'm gonna go for a four um as we've talked about in the um episode we did uh where we reviewed uh, back to the future um having seen back to the future at secret cinema i think there was kind of muted talks about them potentially doing the second one and i i think for them to do that would be you know an amazing experience quite how they'd managed to fit three different potential eras sets yeah. in would be quite challenging mm. but i think the kind of the big spectacle of watching something like the back to future films do does add to it um i'm gonna go for I thought I did see it in a cinema, um, but I think it's diminishing returns now because the special effects, I don't think it held up. The prosthetics don't hold up that well. Like older Jennifer in, yeah. like in, in yeah. 2015 looks really bad, um, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but I still love some bits. Even when I first saw the trailer, or it was on like Good Morning TV, we see... Marty there in the square and the shark comes out. Mm. I was like, that looks rubbish, actually. That looks... <laughs> 
that holographic shark looks rubbish. Well, they're supposed to, right? But they make a joke of that, don't they? Yeah, it still doesn't look. It still looks fake. Still looks fake. Yeah, but I have to say, you know, Flea from the Red Chili Peppers. Yeah, he's playing an older man. Needles. Needles. Yeah. Well, Flea now looks exactly like needles. So that makes very good. Yeah. I also. I'm continually annoyed about this chicken thing, about him being called a chicken and like, dude, just... Because that wasn't in the wind, first film. Wind your neck in. Yeah. I think his... Um, that wasn't like a character thing in no. the first film. They didn't even mention that in the first film. No. So that was clearly something that they just sort of added on to have an extra element to it. Um, so I'm going to go for... Yeah, I'm going to go for four the rest of you guys. Engagement score. David. Oh, well, for, for me, absolutely, I would say four. Um... Uh, like I say, it's the, the characters are so lovable. You know, you, you really root for these characters, especially Doc, especially Marty, obviously. And just, I think I was at the uh, exactly the perfect age for this film sure. when it came out and the first one. And then being a little bit older when the second one came out, so you sort of had this knowing wink with the filmmakers that you were kind of fathering. You understood it and you thought, I bet hardly anyone else in the cinema is getting this. <laughs> of course they were. But it's, <laughs> it's one of those ones that you really kind of invest yourself in because you know the characters. So, yeah, I'd give it a four. Sam? I'm going to go in with a with a three on this. Lower engagement. Lower engagement. It's. I found myself watching it again. Even knowing I've had times in my life where I really loved it, I feel like now I feel like I've, I've kind of I'm I'm done with it in a way. Like it's the the bits are special, are still special. But I just feel like I could kind of close the book on it a bit now. Um, Do you think you still watch the first one time and time again? I think I will still watch the first one over and over. Yeah. Um, and whereas this feels like this is a, oh, if you like that, you might also like this <laughs> type type thing. That's the ultimate re- uh, Netflix recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but engagement wise, it's just. I found myself kind of getting taken out of it more. And mm. like I say, it's partly like I feel like I'm watching it a step removed, mm. thinking about, oh, why did they do that? Um, and, I'm, and I'm not aware of that when I watched the first one. So the film's actually kicking you out rather yeah. than you being distracted by yeah. external forces. Exactly. Helen? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Sam on this one, a three. Um, yeah, I was just trying to find out why George McFly wasn't there. And Did you realise it wasn't him, though? Or was that just based on reading it? Because I, I didn't yeah, know until, I like... Think, I think I did, because yeah. it's really weird that um, he's upside down mm. and it's like, why is he upside down in he's that thing? <laughs> but yeah, well, it, just, got, yeah it just wasn't right. And then when he was like dead and I was like, but surely he would be. And then when he wasn't in it, obviously in the, in the fifties either, it all was just a bit like, Oh, what's, it just was all a bit like, like it's quite mm. weird, weird that he is such an integral part to that second section mm. and then in the first bit it's just like oh he's just some weirdo who's upside down he's you know yeah but just, I mean, it feels too strange yeah. like why not just say he's out at the moment that would almost be better yeah but so apparently Crispin Glover didn't like the ending of the first film because it implied that if you have money you'll have happiness right oh, so okay it's interesting yeah, it kind of does so um, he, and also then yeah, he was wanting to get more money to come back, yeah. um, which is, you know, obviously that's ironic. Paradox. <laughs> paradox there. Um, but and then he sued for they used his likeness, and then since then you can no longer because they were kind of in, they're kind of pretending he's in it, mm. right? It's like you're meant to just go, okay, well he's upside down, yeah. so I can't really see him, but his voice sounds similar, so just you go with it. But yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't even think it wasn't him yeah. in it, and yeah. mm-hmm. it was only until someone pointed out that it wasn't the original, yeah. it was Elizabeth Shue that I'd realised, mm. because typically I'd watch them far apart, so you just kind of remember those mm. 
there's a scene, hey soldier, where you know, we're going to, I don't know, some kind of weird double entendre about the, yeah. about the truck. Sure. And then everything else mm. plays out the same. So for me, it's just like, oh, that's the lady from the first one. Because yeah. um, it's shot for shot, right? Yeah. They remade that bit shot yeah. for shot. And you can actually see now where they've used the yeah. exact same bit, yeah. like where it crashes into the garbage, that's the same bit. But then they reshot the bit, any it's bit where Chevy Jennifer's in. Slightly more wrinkles in <laughs> a second later. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I still... I, I think if I put it on, I'm gonna I'm into it, and I and I was last time, so I'm gonna go for a four point five, um, and that gives an, an overall score of three point six one two, um, which is quite a bit lower than yeah. the four point four one, which uh, which the first one got for us in the live show. Which if you haven't heard, guys, we had a live show talking about Back to the Future one. Go and revisit that to see what we thought about that. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we reached out to uh, to Twitter. As always, yeah. So if you follow us on Twitter, please do look out. We'll always put a, a little GIF. And uh, for example, this one, we said we're reviewing Back to the Future 2 with DC underscore Litchfield and at Sam Gilby. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts for an on-air shout out on Flixwatcher. So um, if you would like to read the first one for us, David. Okay, so the first comment well, is... There is only one. Only one, oh, sorry. Oh, wow, okay. Read down. the comment for us, David. So the comment is from For Screen and Country, a BFI podcast. Four star, ooh, four stars, better than the third, not as good as the first. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which kind of summarises yeah. what we chatted about, really. Pithy. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, can you start off by telling everyone where we can find you uh, online and where we can buy your books, buy your posters, buy your badges, buy your um, everything that you do? Uh, sure. Well, the best place to, to find my work is probably on Instagram, where it's just uh, Sam Gilby altogether. Mm-hmm. I'm the same on same handle on Twitter. Sam Gilby illustrates on Facebook, um, and I have a store that's linked from there. Yeah, but that's the best place to see my I share kind of work in progress and and final artwork on my Instagram. So that's where you see the most stuff. My portfolio is samgilbyillustrates.com. Uh, so yeah, I'm also on Instagram as David underscore C underscore Litchfield. <laughs> and on Twitter as DC underscore Litchfield. Uh, but I have a website which is uh, www.davidlitchfieldillustration.com. Uh, you can buy my books in bookshops or online. Um, and yeah, I use Instagram to post work in progress and all kinds of nonsense, really. So uh, it's good fun. Fantastic. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks Thank for coming you. on. Thank you. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixwatcherPod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood audio tell them flicks what she sent you you just heard a stripped media production